On this episode of Industry Relations, Rob and I talk to Matthew Marks of Evocalize on the new FCC rules and regulations regarding lead aggregators and real estate. Join us. This is Industry Relations, a podcast that's at the intersection of real estate and technology from an insider's perspective with Rob Hahn and Greg Robertson. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. This is your co-host, Notorious Rob. If you're watching on video, the guy who has like, you know, uh, torso issues is my co-host, the fabulous Greg Robertson. Hola. Hola. (laughs) How the hell are you, bro? Good, man. As we were talking offline, uh, I was going to give a shout out to James Hahn, who I played golf with yesterday. He's a a tour pro. Um, Yep. Unrelated to you in any uh, in any sense, but uh, we had a great time. Um, We're probably related somewhere back in the days. All the Hans actually come from the same clan. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I vaguely remember there was a girl in college, and she kind of, you know, we kind of like we're thinking like, hey, should we date or something? It's like, oh, your last name's Han. We can't. We're family. You're, we're not allowed. <laughs> it was one of those yeah. things. But uh, yeah, I mean, I saw you were at like some TPC course in uh, Scottsdale. Yeah. You know, Tough job, but somebody's got to do it. You know? Yeah, you know. Yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit hard. more about how much we care about the working working man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working. I'm working. <laughs> but uh, listen, all jokes aside, I mean, today we actually have a pretty special episode. Um, so I think a couple of weeks ago we teased when we were actually talking about the new FCC ruling. Yep. We had mentioned that you and I are basically a couple of idiots <laughs> on the internet you know, who don't know <laughs> jack shit about it. And we're like, well, and we said at the time us, we, yeah. we were going to try and bring someone on who really is an expert, who really does know the topic, and today is that day. Please welcome Mr. Matthew Marks uh, to the program. Matthew, how are you? Living the dream, guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your, your knowledge and uh, wisdom for us. Um, before we start, why don't we start with just like your background, your company, a little bit about both and how you sort of got to know about this and then we'll delve into the, uh, the issue directly. Sure. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Thanks again for having me on. Um, you know, I, uh, contrary to popular belief, I am an idiot in many courses of areas of my life. So, uh, so I uh, so feel your wife, uh, right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. So in my, in my buddy. So, so thanks. Uh, thanks for making me feel at home here. Um, the uh, I, I uh, uh, contrary to what I've been doing a lot of a lot of talking about lately, I am not an attorney, uh, so I'm going to throw that out uh, right at the outset. But I do because of what I do, uh, I have gotten pretty deep into the bowels of uh, the FCC and TCPA. Um, I'm actually an engineer. I, uh, I was a software engineer when I started out my career. Uh, did a, did a lot of different things, uh, strategy consulting, uh, product management in the software world, uh, and then. Um, Prior to founding my current company, Vocalize, I was a part of the uh, leadership team of a marketing technology provider uh, that um, we took uh, public back in 2012. Um, and then we started experimenting with some of the things that became uh, Evocalize uh, back in the you know, 2014, 2015, 2016 timeframe and uh, kind of evolved into what it is today. And, and uh, quite simply, we at Evocalize, we're, um, uh, we, we aim to give every loan officer, every real estate agent, every team, uh, every restaurateur, every local marketer, a, an expert digital marketer and a data scientist in their back pocket, working with them every single day through the use of software and machine learning and artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, give them the ability to generate leads like a portal or like a lead generator 
uh, but to do it on their own. And and we do that not directly working with a loan officer or real estate agent one-to-one, but we do that through their parent organization. Oh, so through cool. their franchisor, through their software tool provider, and we give them the tools, then, then the technology to automate this pretty sophisticated marketing for uh, for each each individual practitioner. Right on. How long have you guys been around? Because, again, Greg is like the OG of prop tech space, you know, so uh, totally. we're like, who's he vocalized? So, you know, how long have you guys been around? And congrats on all the success, by the way. Um, yeah. Thanks. You know, every, every day is uh, picking up the shovel, uh, putting yeah. it in the dirt, right? So I think you guys um, also partner with vendors, too, don't you, on their technology? We do. We do. We Integrations, run, um, yeah. We do, yeah, sure, and and it, and sadly for me as as a founder. So to your point, to your question, Rob, we've been we've been around almost ten years. Um, oh, we actually wow. started we started with the portals. So we we actually built infrastructure for a number of the portals. Realtor.com is still is is actually uh, one of our largest investors. Um, mm-hmm. the, their parent move, uh, yep. and we still do a lot of lead generation infrastructure for the portal levels. Um, and then sadly, as an entrepreneur. We're white labeled and silently and, and hidden to a large to a large extent by a lot of the industry. So uh, we have about a million uh, in in the real estate industry specifically about a million users uh, on our platform and wow. more than a hundred thousand uh, monthly unique users that use our software um, every month is mm-hmm. kind of a better ga- gauge to how large you are. I think in this so industry, you guys aren't really a startup at this point. I mean, you're ten years around. We're a startup, that's, man. We're that's, a startup. that's pretty much sure, man. You know, that's uh... <laughs> all right. So the venture uh... capitalists say 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 <laughs> they have a point of view. So let's uh, let's dive into the issue um, here. Um, so the FCC ruling. Tell us what it is. Like, give us a thirty second sort of view, and then we could dive into I think some of the details. Sure thing. Well, um, th- to start, the a lot of people. There's a lot going on in, in these industries right now, right? And so um, you know, commission lawsuits and and uh, interest rates and inventory levels and and uh, and maybe the NAR is as a cherry on top. And so so a lot of people have missed this topic. So thank you for for raising it because I think it's really important, uh, regardless of us and 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 anything else out there. It's it's really something that's going to be pretty seismic. Lots of industries, not just real estate and and uh, and housing, but um, at its core, the FCC uh, has um, had a, had a law. There's been a law in place. Uh, that was passed called the TCPA or Telephone um, Consumer Protection Act that was passed way back in 1991 um, that is being changed. And so in order to understand the changes, you kind of have to understand a little bit about what went on and what the characteristics of the world were like when the TCPA was passed back in 1991. And then to understand a little bit about how it's changing and what impact that'll have on the industry. So I always like to start a little bit on like just a couple minutes on history uh, not yeah. to bore people, but on what the TCPA absolutely. is, if that's okay with y'all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's start there. TCPA. Let's start there. TCPA. Okay. So the TCPA um, was passed back in 1991, and, and it was meant to govern spam telephone calls uh, that went to your house, right? Like this is the this is the era where you like took a phone off the wall with a big long cord on it and wandered around as far as that 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 radius would let you wander around with the cord, right? And and it was really meant to keep folks from barraging your home phone uh, with with calls and ringing your home phone number all day long. Um, and it's been updated a little bit and tweaked a little bit along the way, but it, it implemented penalties for folks who who spammed your home phone, right? And so um, what this, this particular, and it's been updated a little bit and tweaked along the way, but this particular change 
is really important. And so, right. so, uh, so I want to dig into what that means. Is TCPA what created the do not call registry? It is a part of the TCPA, yes. Okay, all right. That's right. So we have, yep. all right, cool. So that's TCPA. That's right. Yep. And so, um, so, so I don't know if you guys are like me, but, you know, this thing, this cell phone, uh, it gets texts and rings off the hook, right? And so um, the consumers, us, we, the people, uh, got a little fed up recently. And, um, and so a couple years ago, uh, the FCC started looking into how to curtail some of the spam calls that are now coming to this phone that's a, on your body 24 hours a day, right, as you wander sure. around the world. And so um, trying, to, trying to get a handle on why the, the spam problem is, is get, has gotten out of control in the last few years. And, um, and so they, they formed a working group a couple years ago and have been working on getting to the bottom of the some of the causes for this, uh, for this problem. And as they investigated, one of the things that they started to understand, and this is government, so it takes a little longer than you know, most people to understand things, uh, they started to understand um, that there was this concept called lead aggregators out there in the world. And, uh, and so, so to understand what rules were put in place, you really have to understand what a lead aggregator is. So lead aggregator, for those who don't know the term, is just a generic term for the portals, marketplaces, comparison shopping webs websites that spun up that are comparing mortgage rates or comparing agents or um, looking at listings, right? And so, so these are all of the, the names that you know across lots of industries. Sure. It's not specific to real estate and mortgage. Lending tree, you know, uh, admins, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Lots, lots, lots of these names, and and these 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 businesses ten years ago when they started spinning up would would effectively do a bunch of marketing, collect a lead, get a consumer to come in from that marketing, submit their information, and they would sell it to a couple businesses or a few businesses related to the topic. So I might, if I'm a mortgage comparison website, I might sell that lead to a few a few mortgage lenders, right? Or, you know, in the real estate industry, I might sell it to a few real estate agents. And so that wasn't so bad. It was maybe a little annoying when you got calls from a bunch of people at once as a consumer, but what happened is that became very profitable. So those lead aggregators learned they could take that lead and they could sell it not just to a few folks. They could sell it to 100, 150, wow. 200. Wow. And they didn't just sell it to folks in that industry. They started selling it to all kinds of folks. So a mortgage a rate comparison ad might lead to a lead that might bring be sold for 50 bucks or 100 bucks to a home improvement website uh, store. And so... So, I mean, just like any business, right? Like you find that if, if you're a, if you're an agent and you can sell that home, that one home, if you can sell that home to every bidder that's, that's bidding on that home, you would do that because you'd make a lot more commission, right? And so that's what happened to these like lead aggregation websites. The problem is mm -hmm. there was then a race to call the consumer from a hundred or 150 or 200 people in some cases. And that created this, exacerbated this, this, uh, this spam call. So that okay. that's really the root of the problem that this this legislation was aimed to solve. Which we all sense. understand because we're all consumers and we all get victimized. Like you know, God, it's like try putting your information to like healthcare.gov and see what happens. You know, things right. like that. We we all so okay. That's the context. So the new rule is what. So the new rule uh, that was passed on December thirteenth by a four to one vote. So there was one dissenter, and I'll explain why I think it's important to understand why there was a dissenter Money. on this because it, 
See, maybe, yeah, but but there were, the, you know, there were the, at least the, the public reasoning was 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 sound. I think to, to me, at least as a as a as a human on this this mm-hmm. issue, um, that everyone should know about. But so four to one verdict uh, passed on December thirteenth, and what this does is this this changed uh, just a number of things about the TCPA. But the most important to I think your listeners is. Uh, they closed this lead generation loophole, or they, they're attempting to close it. And they've done a few things, two in, in particular, passed two new rules in this order that will go into effect or be in, start to be enforced about a year from now. So mm-hmm. December, January, the final dates are still being finalized. So we have a little bit of time, not a ton of time to adjust to these rules. The two most important pieces of, of change here, one, the leads have to uh, have context or the context has to be consistent on these leads um, from advertising and marketing through lead capture into the lead cell. Meaning you can only sell leads related to the things you're talking about in ads and and the the whole process. So you no longer will be able to take a lead and sell it to a home improvement store or some other uh, insurance company or whoever when it's related to a mortgage loan or real right. estate loan. So that's right. the first piece. Yeah, Second but, but piece if I'm of, a marketer, I could go, I'm marketing to homeowners. The, all the, you know, attention homeowners. And that gives a wide berth, right? It can, but then, you know, your advertising is potentially not as effective then. Because it's when not that targeted. When you're dumbing it down, you're making it more generic. Yeah. So that's going to be the balance here. You know, and it's really going to be settled in, I think, the courts, you know, when the FCC starts, which they will start bringing lawsuits and making examples of these folks when this starts being enforced. So that's one. That's not the most important, by the way. The second change is the most important. And that's one to one consent. So now, whereas before uh, one of these market or these these lead comparison websites, aggregators could market, bring someone in, gather their contact information and then sell it to lots of people. Now you need, when you, when you gather someone's lead for the first time, you have to gain their, that consumer's explicit consent for each person you're going to sell, each business entity you're going to sell the oh, lead to wow. one-to-one in advance. And it can't be hidden in terms and conditions off to the side. It can't be, it has to be, they actually used an example, which is a blank checkbox list with the end person who's going to make the call and a blank empty checkbox. And the consumer is going to have to opt in to check those those checkboxes of the people. So that they could they to use some sort of like, you know, check here if you agree to uh, receive messages from all partners of XYZ Corp? They have to name them. Um, and the consumers wow. have to opt in explicitly one by one, at least as how that's how the FCC has presented it. Because I mean, hmm. government moves slowly in a lot of ways, right? But like that's a pretty obvious get around the, the the rule, and so they they really were very specific and particular in their in their verbiage and suggestions to make sure that it's named one to one opt in consent that's right. required uh, for for these lead aggregators. And I assume the key issue here is this opt in, not an opt out. It's not here. We're going to send it to all these seventeen people. Opt out of the ones opt you don't. Out. You actually have to opt in. You do one to one. Okay. Yeah. So, Very cool. so what do you th- what do you think happens, y'all, when that goes into effect? And and you're used to, you're a lead aggregator, and you're used to selling a lead to 100 people, and all of a sudden you're you're at the consumer's whim on like how many boxes are they going to check to have someone call them 
and and what are those what are those boxes going to be about right what is the i, I don't yeah, know I like mean, the uh, industry yeah. thinks one to two right <laughs> right yeah i mean i think uh you know i would never uh, underestimate how copywriters and marketers can kind of look at these things and get around them i mean let, let's just take example right now put it some context to our industry right so the one thing i can think about this is um like Zillow's, you know, famous, and I'm not even sure. If, maybe Matthew, you you know a little bit more about this now because Rob and I weren't um, weren't up to date on whether Zillow still has this what they used to call the three headed monster, where it was three agents on a page, and then you would say, "Yes, I'd like to hear, I, I'd like more information about this," and then um, I guess whatever whatever agent was paying the most got that lead. But if or or I'm not even sure if they were round robbing it or all three of them got it or, or whatever. Do you know how that works and like how this would impact that situation specifically? Well, uh, you know, I won't, I won't talk specifically about Zillow's, Zillow's lead generation. Uh, we, we know more. We actually run lead generation for some of the, some of the portals, not, not for Zillow's. Um, you know, our technology runs a bunch of lead generation for them, but so we're, we're kind of impacted on both sides of this as, you know, from a, from a mm -hmm. company perspective, but the, um, the lead generators have all kinds of different monetization schemes for this, right? Like there's even the concept of aged leads today, which are leads that are old, right? And so there are folks who buy aged leads, throw them in a contact nurture database and nurture them. And mm -hmm. so, you know, if you didn't get consent up front on a one-to-one -one basis, if you're, if you're a Zillow or anyone in the space, and you get consent, I want to hear from this agent and this agent and this agent, then you're good. As long as you document that process, our understanding from the FCC is that you're good. You check the box. But okay, if you so, get a lead but what if you, and then what sell if you put it, it, you're, it like, you're in trouble. Yeah. What if you, Greg, what if with we, the copyright... I'm sorry. Before we move on to like the what ifs and the scenarios, can I ask a question about like the understanding of the rules as they actually are today? Mm -hmm. Like sure let's thing. actually spend a whole bunch of time talking about what is, but there's one key thing that I'm really curious about because I don't know the answer to this. All right, sorry, Greg, but um, when I read that that uh, regulation, I read some of the law firms that were sort of talking about it. It seemed like they were saying that this only impacts automated tools, right? It In does. other words, it, it impacts robocalls. It impacts like the auto texting technology. So is the idea that you could buy one of these leads from an aggregator, and as long as I individually pick up the phone and call, that is not covered by this? Like, What's the status of automation versus manual? It's an important point. I'm glad you brought that up, Rob. This is the vast majority of these calls and texts are automated today. And that's going to even get worse with, with generative AI and, and voice, you know, vo voice copying and all the stuff that's coming up right now. And so that is the focus of this law. Nothing in this ruling prevents a human uh, from picking up the phone and calling, uh, you know, calling someone. The problem with that, obviously, is scaling that is 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 difficult and expensive and so you're 100 right that this rule specifically focuses on text and phone and an automated robo what okay. they call robo calls so what to about be email? clear oh god emails are not covered by this specific uh ruling but i think w one of the things i was going to mention later on but i'll just um, say it in the context of emails this working group is continuing to work 
So they, they didn't like make this ruling and go away. And there's a lot of indication that they're going to continue to pass and tighten some of these these rulings. And there's been some rumbling of email being a part of of some of this coming down. So the, if, if a consumer yeah. checks all the five people, you know, let's say they opt into five different places, sources to, to receive leads from. Um, so that person gets can get automated things, whatever. If the consumer only picks one. Can the other four still call them manually? This is a this is a gray area that will be settled by lawsuits. But uh, the letter of the law, as we understand it, and the industry understand it, it understands it now. Yes, other people can call manually as long as it's a human calling and they can prove it. Right. God. So okay. the, I mean, I think it's like a, a super- loophole that they they should have understood, and uh, you know. It, it should almost be called like the Keller Williams loophole because this is really, really specific. I happen to know Keller Williams agent teams have a very specific thing, and I'm sure other teams do as well. The hour of power, you guys know about, the, you know, where the team members get in a room and for an hour they're actually dialing. So it's a manual thing. It's not automated. It's not a robo dialer. So my understanding is under this, your understanding of this rule, Matthew, just, I'm just using one example that is very, very well known. There's nothing that prohibits an agent or a team from calling expired listings that came off of the aggregator, which is the MLS, right? The, like, it's not a yep. lead aggregator, but you could imagine, okay, hey, look, I go into my MLS, I pull up, here are 200 expired listings. I and my team can do the hour of power and physically, manually call those people or text them physically, and this rule does not prohibit that that practice is still good. This is that is that is true as we understand it. The, if you're picking up the phone and calling someone manually, this that you're 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 not at risk from this ruling right. as we understand it today. Um, and if you get one to one consent, you're right. not at then, risk. Right. So let's let's take that to the next step. The next step then becomes this. Uh, there's no prohibition, as far as I can tell, from outsourcing the manual calling. Meaning if I hired a call center in the Philippines, nothing about this rule prohibits that. That's true. There are okay. some there are some additional parts of this uh, ruling specifically related to the telecom providers, not not this this part of the lead aggregator loophole that um, could affect that um, in that the telecom providers are now being asked to. Uh, being required to crack down on all, first of all, internationally uh, originating calls and texts uh, that they they deem nuisance calls and texts, and uh, and also some in some cases domestic calls and texts that are abusing the the calling infrastructure. So that may be part of the ruling that's intended to wow. kind of oversee but, that but, portion. But of Rob, things. just yeah. having a little bit of experience in this, the, the and and maybe they change this a bit. Um, but the, the, the automation versus, you know, calls, you know, outsourced call center, the cost is huge. Yeah. It's, you know, sure. it's, it's, it's astronomical as far as the sure. cost is concerned. So yeah. it's not, you know, yes, some of these things are, yeah, you could do that. But I mean, the reason they're doing the robos and the email, the, all the robo stuff is because it's, it's cost effective per, sure. on a, on a, a cost per acquisition sure. um, basis. Uh, sure. I'm right? just so, saying that. The agent team hour of power thing, as far as I can tell, is not going to be affected, yeah, which yeah. I think is really good news for 
most of the people listening to us because we are in the real estate industry. I mean, this is terrible news for like insurance companies, <laughs> terrible news for like That's, car dealerships, yeah. right? But you know, where, where I thought you were going to is this kind of like gray area where, um, you know, and you read about this. Uh, there was some prank calls out in uh, New Hampshire where Taylor Swift was calling everybody to tell them not to uh, participate in the primary there, right? Where Mm. an Asian could basically have their voice cloned by AI, right? And AI can answer basic questions, you know, and and have a back and forth. I mean, like basically this Turing example everybody gives, like, and it's passing all that shit now. So we're, we're in the way kind of thing. So if an agent, let's just say digitally clones himself, Right. And taps us into the corpus of data of like the MLS or um, their own blog or whatever. And has this kind of context where you could actually ask it a question and it could answer questions. And also uh, that to me is I guess it does fall into a digital robo thing, but it is something a little bit. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's to me, it's a little bit. uh, how, How do you prove what happens, especially with what, you know, who, who's actually doing the, the calling? Well, it's my voice. It's my individual knowledge because I've had it, you know, scrape my blog for the past 10 years. Um, and I'm a realtor and I belong to the MLS and it has that data in there. Um, what, what, what if actually it's, if is it's automated, human, if it's a, human if it's versus an automated fucking machine, man. If the machine's instantiating the caller text, you're you're at risk, right? Yeah. And so, and and I would and I, and I'd also point out to to the listeners who aren't following this as closely, maybe as we are, there are a number of other specific AI uh, laws by the FCC and other uh, even even Congress that they can get their act together. They're looking at passing specific laws about disclosure on and and regulating when you can use copycat voice. Uh, um, messaging and, like, and uh, it's calling. almost like it's it could be like an assistant thing, right? Where the AI uh, bot basically calls and it gets it warmed up, and then all of a sudden you flip the switch. Okay, we got a hot one on line three, right? And then you switch into the agent becomes that, right? Here's how I look at it, Greg. I, I don't think I'd be the company that wants to test that and have the FCC sue me. I'd want somebody else to do that first before I decide to do it. And I assume so. There are a couple questions. Number one, what is the penalty here? So let's well, say you violate this, right? Like, yeah, yep. right. Good question. What's the penalty? Yeah. So, um, so that the FCC is still guiding on some of the uh, the, the penalties and fines uh, related to this. So we don't. Nobody knows exactly what the um, the the penalties will be, but the. I think generally the industry, and we've spoken with big lead aggregators and, and brands and lots of industries, I think everyone expects the FCC to make some examples of folks and to have some, some uh, you know, eight-figure, seven, eight-figure um, uh, fines go out when the enforcement window starts for this thing. Sure, so- but, I, but that's making it like that, but that doesn't help from a rule standpoint. You need to know, okay, if you break this rule, here's what you can expect the penalty and fines to be. Because if it's a slap on the wrist, then you know what? As a company, just cost of doing business, no problem. Yeah, yeah. 10, 10 cents per violation, whatever, right? Just wrap that in. If it's, hey, if you're violating this, then it's $10,000 per occurrence or something. You know what I mean? Like, do we have yeah. any idea what the scale and scope of this penalty feels the, like, looks like? 
Yeah, that, I, I don't have the specific data on on per violation. And again, I think it's some of that still coming together as they finalize okay. the the filing of the ruling, uh, which is they, they kind of issue the order and the effect date on December 13th. And then they're still working on kind of the mechanics of, of filing it officially. So some of those things, I think, are still coming together. But uh, they, they signaled even in the opinions uh, you know, by by the uh, commissioners on the on the on the working group, uh, they signaled um, they expect to be uh, some some pretty severe penalties. Severe. Um, so, okay. So yeah. one last sort of present day question that I think I want to turn to sort of some what ifs, right? <clears throat> um, I believe, if I remember correctly, that one of the exceptions to this rule is uh, you can do this for existing customers and clients, right? Uh, so is there's there some influence. Well, what, well, here's what kind I'm of vibe. Is there any guidance as to like how long that lasts? No. In other words, like if I go to a car dealership, I yep. buy a car from them. They can automate to their heart's content to me, right? Yep. Like, is it like, okay, well, I bought a car from you three months ago. Like, and you can email me and blast me about motor oil changes or whatever, so auto warranty. Like, how long? You know, is it like 10 years later, you can still spam me? Like, what, is there any guidance on that? How they long did not are you issue guidance on, on, on the length of time, any kind of limit on length of time of existing customer, existing contacts that you already have. And they did not rule or, or mention anything in their commentary about going back in time to the context that you've already gathered. So, um, and I think that would, would have been a mess. Probably they realized that in some of the working group discussions. So obviously, go ahead. I would just, you know, not say caution, but just to say something, why do you think that companies, I mean, before we get too crazy here, right? Why do you think companies do this stuff, Rob? Do what stuff? The robocalling? Calling, robocalling, everything else. Because it works. It fucking works. No, exactly. So, you know, these businesses are not doing just to annoy people. It's because I remember going to, you know, we used to go to this email marketing summit, right? And better ways of doing, you know, email marketing and doing it the right way. Permission-based marketing, make sure you have a clean list. You know, you're, you're getting permission before you, I mean, all the best practices of that. And, you know, but even going through all that, it's like, you know how you generate more business? It's like you send more email, yeah. Right. And it just seems annoying to you. I mean, you've got to do better at the content that you're delivering on that stuff. But a lot of this stuff does work. So I, I'm glad actually that, you know, they're not putting a blanket kind of thing to like existing customers because this is something businesses, vendors have to have as part of the way that they generate revenue. I mean, they just got to make sure that they do it in an effective manner. And if they're not going to do it in an effective manner, it's not going to work anyway. But well, I, um, Here's the thing, man. Spam works. That's why spam yeah. exists, right? You know, the Nigerian Prince scams, they work. That's why people do them. So the it's fact that It's a percentage it works, game on that stuff. Yeah, the fact that it works this, isn't, this isn't, isn't a justification. Yeah. Right? Right. But can, I don't yeah, know maybe. if this is like, there's spam and there's legitimate, like, you know, marketers trying to get their message out too. What's the yeah. difference? In your mind, what's the difference between spam and legitimate marketers trying to get their message out? Because yeah, this I mean, is going to be, be relevant like to this discussion. The Viagra, you know, um, uh, spam emails that like are you know with different fonts and like why, why is putting that spam little, for uh, you? Is it just the appearance of it? What makes that spam? Is see, that I you can tell that they're trying to get away let's, around. Let's hear from the expert here. No, because you're you're trying to get around like this the Google fucking spam bot. You know, that's eliminating spam things by doing these little tricks and and whatever. 
They know I, that this is like something that people are going to flag. I think you're focused They're trying on different the ways thing. of. I think okay. it's context of, of the intent that you that you asked for outreach, right? So, like, if you think about the the first part of the ruling that I that I first talked about, right, when the FCC came out, that that's why I think they wrote the context part of the message. Where if you're advertising oh. rates, you capture a lead on rates. You, your messaging should be to the consumer about rates because that's what they wanted, right? And so, to me, that's like an interesting construct to your question right. about what is spam. I mean, to me, it's the difference between spam and legitimate marketing is I asked for the legitimate marketing mm -hmm. in some fashion, mm -hmm. in some fashion. So, for example, I'm a big gun nut. I will go to stores and manufacturers, sign up for their email list, notify me when you have some new product. <laughs> That's not spam. Like, I literally want to know, hey, Smith & Wesson releasing a new – I want to know that. Here's what I don't want. I don't want them taking that and then selling it to some – fucking whatever, right? And now they want to sell me Yama, whatever, motorcycles or off-road vehicles because they're like, there's an affinity. People who are, you know, gun nuts also tend to like 4x4 off-roaders. Motherfuckers, I didn't want to hear about 4x4 off-roaders, right? Yeah. Or Viagra. Or the anti-gun people. <laughs> right. If I went somewhere and say, I have ED and I want to know, like, I, tell me more about Viagra. This He's got Viagra. Guns. Tell He's me. Got that ain't spam. Guns. Yeah, that ain't spam. Like, it's... And I think that at the heart of all this, obviously, something that I think we all, every single person, even if you're in the marketing spam business, agrees, which is it's annoying to just get my phone, especially my phone, especially the text, get hammered. Uh, so before yeah. I move on to like one quick question, Matt, do you know if there's any sort of exception for political parties? Oh, yeah. Great question. Great question. That is that has come up on other conversations I've had, but we there there's nothing that we can see that we've been able to find in any of this ruling that changes anything. Uh, but there are some exceptions for political parties on a number of the opt out I know. rules. Can't spam and so can't on. Can't spam like, exactly. So these motherfuckers you know, are just protecting their own. T like what the fuck? I, I can't that's tell you how many times text. a day I opt out from the right. same like political donate oh, God, your yeah. message yeah. on my spam. I hate that thing. I got a Nikki yeah. Haley text just seconds ago. Actually, <laughs> I, I get like I, I get I'm them like, all day long. Yeah, I know, yeah. and I'm getting from everybody. I'm like, what of about me makes you think I'm a Biden voter? Like what? But and yet spam You're 14 times a day and i don't live in a <laughs> battleground state yeah right neither do you greg could you imagine if you lived in like oh god i don't even know wisconsin ohio you know ohio yeah. like michigan all right so no, we no. know it's imperfect but the idea behind this i think fundamentally comes down to look market to people who want to be marketed that's right okay I've, and i've, I've got, got a question to that Right? Yeah. I've got a we question think the leads my... quality will go higher with this sure. ruling. No, totally. so the, yeah. the, right? Like if you if you're a consumer and you say I want to hear from you opt into something, it's it's going to be a higher quality lead. Right. Let me ask a question, right. Matthew. And it sounds like you have some um, conflicts here to whatever. But overall, like not asking about a particular company, how is this going to affect the residential real estate sector? Not talking about mortgage, but mm -hmm. like basically selling leads to agent. I mean, is this on a scale of one to 10? Is this like a three or is this like a seven or eight? I mean, how big of a thing is it for, and let's just say, let's say it. I mean, it is the portals and I know you, you work with some portals here, so I don't want to, but overall, you know, what do you think? 
Well, so let's think about like, like play this out, right? And so, okay, so you go from on average, let's just pick a number. No one really knows the answer to this, but on average, 50 times you, you were able to sell the lead as a lead aggregator, right? And so, so if you were able to sell that lead 50 times to lots of different people in lots of different industry, and now you're able to sell it between one to two times, right? The, the people that the consumer opt in and check the box to call you, right? What does that do to your business? Well, you make less money because you're not going to be able to resell that same lead over and over and over again. But you have to stay in business. These people are smart marketers. They're, they're big businesses. There's a lot of money there, right? And so they're going to figure out how to get the consumer to check as many boxes for people to contact them as they can, right? And maybe that's not one or two. Maybe it's five. No one really knows yet, right? So um, regardless, it's probably not going to be 50, right? And so the cost per those leads are going to rise and the volume of those leads, just pure supply and demand are going to fall, right? And so there are some people that think that 90% of the lead volume in the residential real estate space will go away. I'm not one of those people that thinks that it will, that large of a volume will go away in the space. I think you'll lose double digit percentages of the leads that are being purchased. Um, and, And I think, so at the same time, I think People who are buying leads need to think about diversifying how they generate leads and how they build their sure. business. Sure. You buy some, maybe they go up in cost, but they're higher quality, right? Because you're not a race to call battling with 50 other companies. But you probably don't want to bet just on that because even if these are the only changes, they're going to have an impact. They're probably not going to be the only changes to these laws. So. Um, so, so I think diversity is really important for the industry as we look to, um, you know, the next year of putting just, things in place to get around I, this. I just tell you, Rob, I mean, as we say here time and time again, there are no coincidences, right? And this seems Rick to me- Robertson, conspiracy theorist. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, with the co-star, you're, you know, uh, you're listing your lead. I mean- yeah. They're battling basically the way that normal portals generate leads, right? Um, uh, I don't. Yeah, Zillow's not going to be impacted by this. Well, I mean, I think I think they're going to be impacted. Absolutely, I don't, I don't know what, so. how big they are, uh, but I but I but I think they are. But they're basically they're, they've been. There's a lot of things that are basically taking the existing way of making money off of this off the table. And then all of a sudden, you know, a new entrant comes in, right? Like with, uh, with, well, you know, yeah, like a, I said, a lot of I different really, things here. I really just don't see the giant. Matthew, what you, is, is Zillow going to be impacted by this? I think every portal and in every industry is going to be impacted by this. Absolutely. There's no question Absolutely. about it. The, I don't think the industry understands how much these folks monetize the leads that they, that they gather beyond what you see when you, you know, see the, 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 the three choices, right? Let me select three. Think about it from any other industry and the greed that you have as a business to make more money. You're pressured by the public markets in a lot of these cases, right? You, you're going to stop it monetizing that lead. The lead monetization industry on these portals goes sure. really deep. Sure. So, the, so their bottom lines are going to be hurt. Uh, some sure. products are not going to be impacted, but a lot of them are. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying they're not going to impact. What I'm saying is, I don't think Zillow is going to be all of a sudden be like, okay, well, we need to scale down our revenue projections. Because here's why: a couple of things. Number one, a big part of their Zillow's particular model, like Realtor.com, I think using um, who's the Up company City. they acquired? Upsitting. 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 Right. 
maybe obsidian has to but but my understanding of all of those is I'm a consumer. I go and say, hey, I want to tour this house. An Obsidian employee or a Zillow employee first contacts me. Okay, you know, tell me a little about you, qualify you a little bit, and then say, okay, I'm going to. It's like a warm handoff. I'm going to connect you with a realtor right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing about that that I think these. They do that schools, in some markets, but in some markets they don't. So in the markets they don't, they say, okay, look great. Based on that, here are three realtors, the premier agents. And what about the marketing that they use to get someone into the funnel? And then what about other industries that they sold those leads to, or 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 participated in beyond the core sure. industry that they're dealing with, sure. right? Like, I think lots of the, right. the real estate industry buys. <laughs> mortgage leads because if sure. you're shopping for rates, you're you're in the in the industry looking sure. for potential. I think that crossover is probably going to be a very problematic, but Zillow specifically, I mean, we all know that mortgage leads and showings is like a humongous part of their overall strategy. So I think the Zillow person will be like, hey, while I have you on the phone, have you do you have a mortgage? If not, can I hook you up with uh, our preferred lender or can you just buy Zillow home loans? I'm, I'm, my point is, I think they'll figure it out. I think the guys that really get impacted, like I said, to me are like the insurance guys. Because just about every insurance that I'm aware of, like there's some comparison shopping, you know, auto insurance. Like every time I've gone and looked, searched for auto insurance, all these aggregators, I think it might be like, you know, uh, auto sales could be humongous impacted. I could see a lot of that, right? <clears throat> so I, I don't think residential real estate in particular gets hammered, you know? Having said that, uh, I do have another question because, again, I haven't re- read it this carefully. Is there anything in the rules – actually, you know what? Let me, let me ask the f- in two ways. Part one, who is penalized specifically with some of these rules, right? So our understanding from the ruling uh, – again, these are a, lot, a lot of these are our of understandings course. because they've, they've been a little skinny so far in some of the details uh, – related to how this is going to be enforced. But mm-hmm. our understanding is the person who generates the lead uh, and gains the consent has is going to have to prove that consent um, when, when they monetize the lead downstream. Um, so they're going to have liability. Whether the small business that calls the lead has liability, uh, we're not sure. We don't think they're going to be the initial targets uh, of this um, from an enforcement perspective. But, um, you know, I think some of this is still, unfortunately, TBD just because it's coming together yeah, so fast. You could see you could. There's a great question, Rob, because you could also see this a black market emergency, a gray mm-hmm. market, right, where these companies will have all these things that they used to would be able. And then somebody in the back door. Is saying, listen, we're, you know, these are people we're really not supposed to let these things go. Or, you know, maybe it's not so nefarious as that, but, um, there's going to be some guy that has access to a database and a buddy <laughs> and shit like that happens all the fucking time, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll come up with a couple examples here, right? So some guy out there throws up a home value estimator website, right? Collect a whole bunch of leads. And the, the relevance is just type in your address and then we'll tell you what your home is worth. I mean, we, we all know this, right? Yeah. Okay. Today, you could take that person's, hey, here's the individual, here's their email. This is the property that they just got an estimate on, which is a clear selling listing signal. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to put on a list and sell it to everybody, right? Here's how I see it. Number one, right? Let's walk through case by case. I do that, right? Nothing changes. Every agent picks up the phone and manually calls. So the homeowner now gets hammered by 150 calls, but 
it's a human agent dialing my number at the other end. As far as I can tell, this rule doesn't change that. It has no impact. Right? That's true. But again, okay. yep. to Greg's point, that's exp- <laughs> that's a cost change that's at scale that's pretty significant um, for the industry. So yeah, you're right. But cost now becomes a, a barrier to doing that at the scales so, that we're seeing it today. Sure, but what I mean, okay, so then what it does is instead of selling to 150 because 50 of them use automated robotized, the other 100 are doing the agent team hour of power thing, right? So maybe the price of the lead goes up a little bit. But my point is that does it doesn't stop that. The second scenario is, okay, I send it. 50 of those guys use robo-dialers. I think what you just said, Matthew, is the 50 people who are using robo-dialers, they don't get fined. It's the guy with the HVE, Home Value Estimator website, who gets fined because he well, didn't collect the, the one-to-one. That, that's where the FCC is indicated gonna, they're going to he's not going to sell those leads to that guy anymore, right? So they right. that there's going to be shut off, right? I think right. – and the I other think part there, is hold on. And I think there would likely be indemnification clauses. Like when I sell you a lead, if you use a robo dialer and I get fined by the FCC, you're going to get. I'm, yeah. I'm coming after you for that money, right? Yeah, so I think, I think the, that's, that's probably how they'll handle something like but going that. Going back to something that Matthew said, it's like the cost per leads are going to go up in this situation. So of course there might be a a, a point where you know. I mean, agents are already being, you know, squeezed. I mean, what is the the, the flex rate for Zillow is like forty percent referral fee. Yeah. I mean, so agents might not the the cost might be so much for to actually deliver these things that that there might be a barrier to where they're saying, "Well, I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. It's just too expensive." Yeah, um, in this well, case, right? And then you yeah, you well, add on here. Here's the other thing. It's a double whammy if you think about it, Rob, because. What are they selling? Typically, they're selling buyer leads. Typically, and buyer yeah. leads don't have that cachet anymore as they as they used to as as being part of like you're gonna basically automatic right. automatically being compensated. Right. So well, that's a again, whole. There separate, are no coincidences, yeah. right? This is all coming together, Rob. It's some all sort right. of master plan that somebody out there in Virginia's got you know going on. Let me give you a third scenario. Actually, what we just discussed, right? The same thing, home value estimator, selling the list 150 people, blah, 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 except that this company is based in Singapore. Does the FCC even have jurisdiction to find a company like that? How would they even go about it? You're getting beyond my – the international law aspect of that is beyond my level of expertise, Rob. Okay. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. But I do know that's one of the reasons the foreign entities and call centers – and that was one of the reasons cited for uh, putting yeah. um, putting some more rules in the telecom companies to be able to uh, put them on the hook to shut some of these things down faster. Right. I mean, again, the issue is none of us really know because this yep. is brand new. Yeah. Uh, but this is amazing because, you know, like I said, Greg and I are just speculating. It's great to have kind of your expert, you know, insights into this. And again, expert in the sense that you've been in this space for 10 plus years, not that you're an attorney. So yeah. I suppose we Thank really need disclaimer. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a retired attorney. Like, please go talk to your attorney well, before you do anything. Counsel. None talk of us are providing people. legal yeah, yeah. advice. None the, of this is any of that. They, can, they, I, can, they, I get, can I Yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say what, one, one thing that I think we should touch on before we go is um, the, the opinions. We mentioned this maybe not affecting real estate and, and mortgage as much. I don't know that I buy into that, but the, um, uh, the, the commissioner specifically, the one dissenter, the, oh, yeah, reason yeah. He dis- the reason he dissented was 
not that he didn't agree that spam was a problem, not that he didn't agree with the spirit of the rule. He worried about the impact, the massive impact this would have on small businesses. And they specifically cited real estate and mortgage as two in their in their investigations that they believed would be disproportionately impacted by these rules. So, you know, that that's them talking. That is something disproportional. It, so th that it's but, interesting. Uh, apparently that guy would have some insight in like where 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 these practices are being done. And it sounds like it is a lot in real estate. A lot of he spent two okay. years investigating it. Right. So they, they've dug in quite uh, a bit to the, okay. The yeah, I have a question. Ask, okay. You, you first. And then my question that's right. trying to wrap. Let, let me go back to the, the thing that I said, you're in this space, right. And, and we're going through, um, and I hate, you know, everything seems to be about these commission lawsuits, but this whole mm -hmm. notion of buyer compensation, buyer agent compensation is a thing. And you're working with these portals where basically that's been their bread and butter forever. Is this a nuclear bomb going on with portals with, with, with this kind of new, these new rulings that, that might say that that's that automatic compensation, so to speak, goes away? I mean, how big of an impact do you think these, these, I mean, what are they, what are they, what, what are behind the, where the room where it happens? What are they talking about in, in regards to this? I think what I should say there is that um, there are a lot of smart people behind the scenes that are working on this stuff. And, um, you know, I, they're certainly not going to not going to be caught unaware of the, you know, uh, of, of the buyer commission lawsuits in in real estate. Right. Like this is not something that's surprising the industry at this point. Uh, it's been going on long enough that I think there there are quite a bit of there have been plans in place for quite some time. Uh, to deal with this. And I think if you look at some of the moves that have been made by the by the por big portals in residential real estate, you can pretty quickly um, discern in some cases what their strategies are going to be. You guys touched on some of them with the homes, CoStar positioning, uh, you know, you, um, Zillow has some of the things that they've done. They've been acquiring some companies and, and doing some other things there. So I think... Uh, you, you can you can read that when you think about those in the in the context of not only the FCC stuff we've been talking about the, the buyer commission lawsuits these are not stupid people right and they, they have a lot of money so they're 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 taking steps they've been taking steps for a long time to to um, to change uh, to be able to deal with these things so um, yeah you know I, I obviously can't go into any of the details that I that I may or may not know. Uh, with any of our partners. Yes, but, you uh, can, Matt. Yes, you can. Thanks. You can. It's, yeah, a, it's, be, be... it's an open space here. It's a safe place. Uh, this is the trust private space too. We're just the, the three trust of us, isn't it? Yeah. No, yeah. I. Uh, so, but but there have been plans, and they all have their own distinct uh, strategies to go after it. It's definitely going to be a change. All right. So let me ask my final question, which is: uh, as far as you know, is there anything in the rules about paying consumers for the uh, opt-in? I don't think that there, we didn't uh, see anything in this particular change to the TCPA that changed anything uh, with uh, relation to compensating uh, consumers directly, if that's what you're asking. For that's what their, I'm asking, right? Because I could easily consent. see somebody saying, hey, you know what? Uh, each lead that we sell, especially because lead quality has gone up, it's now like 100 bucks. Tell you what, you know, you come in, it's like, Again, let's not even use real subsidize estate, like, the leads, basically. Right, like let's just say insurance. Like I come in, I do a insurance thing, and then the what pops up and says, "Hey, for every box you check, we're going to give you ten dollars." It's an interesting concept. Um, the, the thing that I would ask you though is, what prevents fraud and like 
spam on that front, right? Like you'd, you'd have to have some kind of construct that would ensure that someone's actually looking for something, mm-hmm. right? Or you lose the whole intent purpose of this. You can have farms that are built up to just submit the leads to get the compensation. I mean, and it's I don't like... Know, it's like some somebody like selling their own blood for money. I mean, like you'll start these people to like sign up for everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. they'll get a separate phone number up. They'll get a separate email address, and they're like, yeah, yeah. go ahead. No, I never look at that anyway. I'm gonna sign up for every. Has a negative correlation to, to lead me. quality, doesn't it? Like, it like does? if you think about if I'm compensating you for your lead, do you really want that rate comparison? Yeah. Or are you just doing it for the five bucks? Right. Yeah. No, it, it does. But I, I was just curious about it because um, yeah. you know. We're just exploring uh, these yeah, the shape. And that's what, what all these folks are. are talking about, by the way, like ideation of like, how do we, how do we, how do we adjust? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's, it's right. user experiences, it's, it's all kinds so, of things that these folks are working on. Since we're running out of time, I suppose I'll, I wanted to leave this and let you have the sort of the last word on this, Matthew, because it is great for us to have your knowledge. And expertise. Yeah, thank you, Obviously, man. you work with a lot you of guys, the big thanks. companies, like portals. You've been in this space for a long time. In your opinion, today, after hearing this, if you're an average broker, average agent on the street, what are, say, top three things you need to be thinking about or doing right now, today? The first thing I do is I understand my uh, exposure to buying leads, any leads. You don't always know the lead flow that generated them, but that's the first thing that I do. It's like, how, how, many, how much of my business is dependent upon buying leads from third parties? So that's okay. one. Two, I look at and ask a lot of questions of the folks I'm buying leads from about the exact flows and consent that's being uh, captured related to the leads that I'm buying too. And three, I look at, as I mentioned earlier, diversifying my my lead sources so that I can control my own destiny and I implement my own one-to-one lead generation uh, programs, which you can do with with software like ours and others Mm -hmm. out there. You can put your own portal level lead generation in there and get the leads from the same places Yep. The marketplaces and portals do, which is TikTok and Google and Meta and the yep. places people are spending time online. So, yep. uh, so, so those are the three things probably in in order I would do um, if if I'm a if I'm a broker yep. today. Yeah. All right. And by the way, man, like you know, thanks for coming out. If you want to tell people to call you, vocalize, you know, give <laughs> Matthew a ring and see if he could help you with those three questions. You know, like, please do. Uh, we we are we are capitalists up in here. I love it. Th- 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 thanks, guys. You know, yeah, right, well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're um, we would love to to hear from folks in the industry if you, if you need help putting in your own lead generation system that works like the portals do. Um, uh, give us a shout. We're uh, sales at evocalize.com or Matt. You can email me Matt M A T T at evocalize.com. You can check us out on LinkedIn. I even built. If you check me, I'm Matthew Marks M A R X, like Carl or Groucho. On LinkedIn, if you check me out, uh, my profile, I've linked a chatbot that I built that I trained with uh, the FCC regs, the opinions, uh, a lot of mm-hmm. things that we've curated in. It's not a substitute for counsel, yeah. but yeah. and it will tell you that. But it, uh, but it's a GPT uh, bot on, uh, from OpenAI. If you're a GPT four subscriber, you can you can ask it questions and it'll give you responses um, if you want to dig in more. And it probably has more more insight than I do at this point. Uh, Very cool uh, on these <laughs> cool. on these on these and, rules. And so. When you use this bot and you give them your name, just make sure you check whatever box math because you know. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, hey Matt, check the box again. 
for, Thank you, for your time and your knowledge. Um, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Hopefully, this was useful for you guys. I know I learned a ton. You know, Greg, uh, we could speculate further as to what might come. We'll have to kind of wait and see. Oh, I know what, it's coming. That we have to see some of the details that the FCC is going to have to come out with, right? And then Greg, Greg will tell us nothing is coincidence. So some, some, some big thing will be coming. But in any event, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Listen, content is everything. Two Brothers Creative makes it look easy. Right now, business owners really only have two options. The first option is hire a big firm. Now, this big firm's going to come in, make you think that they invented all the algorithms and start charging you thousands of dollars every month. You don't want to do that. Second option is to do it yourself. Well, that means you got to learn SEO, SEM, copywriting, marketing techniques on the web. Ugh, you should be really focusing on your own product. But now there's a third option. It's called content in a box. Give Two Brothers Creative 30 minutes a week and they'll handle everything. Plus, they'll show you how to bring it in-house later on. They'll rebuild your marketing foundation and give you tools and techniques and a new marketing playbook that'll actually produce real results and help you grow your business. Two Brothers Creative will give you the confidence and know-how to tell the SEOs and SEMs and all those other acronyms to get fucked. You're in control now. Get started today at thecontentbox.com.